Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Favorites Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. I bet with FanDuel. Because they're safe and secure, they offer great odds and markets across the NBA, NHL, and more. And because it's fun to combine multiple bets into same-game parlays. So if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code FAVORITES so they know I sent you. You must be 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Louisiana. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. Look, the last couple of weeks for the NFL, no matter what any other sport tries to do, the NFL proves its superiority. Baseball wants to have a lockout that could crater the sport and then come up with a dramatic solution to get the sport starting on time. Let's talk about NFL trades. March Madness wants to start for the first time with full tournament, people in the stands, nothing interrupted. Tom Brady's going to come back from retirement. Every single time we're waiting, we're, we're in between first and second round games and the Sweet 16 games. Oh, hey. Let's trade Tyreek Hill from the Chiefs to the Dolphins. Later on the show, our boss, our boss at the Volume Podcast Network, Colin Coward is going to come on and we're going to talk about a lot of things related to the NFL. Simon Hunter, my co-host, my companion, my compadre, my BFF. I want to kick off that conversation a little bit before we get into it with Colin. Um, cause we're going to talk about quarterbacks. We like the bet on, um, peop, the, the team, the quarterbacks that we trust the most, but also before we even do that, I'm throwing a curveball at you right now. You've never met Colin. You've never had a conversation with Colin. Are you nervous? 
No. As someone that bets hundreds of thousands of dollars, Chad, this is just another Tuesday for your guys. So I'm excited, but nervous. No, definitely not nervous. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. We should definitely push Colin on what amount of money would make him nervous to bet. And, and if not an amount of money, like what is the equivalent of something that does make him nervous? What does he get nervous for in the same way that betting hundreds of thousands of dollars would make you nervous? I honestly, I, I still get nervous if I don't know the sport. Like I had a guy gave me info on March Madness. I just put just a grand on it. I was sweating more than I was sweating the Super Bowl. So it is funny where it's like if you're outside your comfort zone, that definitely affects what you're betting on. All right. Well, speaking of outside our comfort zone, the quarterback carousel in the NFL has been mind-boggling insane. And there's a lot of ways to think about how to value what those moves have been, right? Matt Ryan going from the Falcons to the Colts. Does that make the Colts automatic contenders maybe to win the AFC South, right? Are they better than Tennessee now? Are they better than Houston? Are they better than Jacksonville? All of a sudden, like, where is the betting opportunity, right? Deshaun Watson to the Browns, Patrick Mahomes without Tyree Kill. Um, all these things that like we've seen changing. Who are the quarterbacks right now? We're going to ask Colin this too. Who are the quarterbacks you trust the most when it comes to making a bet? Whew, it's such a loaded question because there's so much that goes into it, but I, I know what we have to do here, Chad. I know this is media, but I actually told Chad before the season ended that I had moved up Josh Allen to my number one quarterback in my power ranking. So in my model, I have him as a little bit higher than I had Mahomes to finish the year. Now losing Tyreek Hill, there's a little gap there. So I, I have Josh Allen one, have Mahomes two. I would say – because again of the movement with Green Bay, you know, it's a big deal. Like Aaron Rodgers just lost his guy, Devontae Adams. Like that's not just some run of the mill wide receiver. Like these are two major weapons. So I, I adjusted Patrick Mahomes down a little bit and I went from having Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers kind of 2A, 2B to now in the third spot, I do have Rodgers. And again, it's no shocker here. I got Brady coming in that fourth spot. And this is when it starts getting really tricky. I feel like everyone has different opinions. I'm a Herbert guy. I love Herbert. I love everything about him. I, I love the, the coaching style they have with him of they just letting this kid pretty much run that team. It's fourth and 15. They believe in their quarterback enough to go for it with him. So to, to me, that's a big deal when you're looking at these different quarterbacks. Because I did think about it for a little while where Joe Burrow has done it, like, this guy in his second year just went to a Super Bowl. He, he kind of, I kind of did want to put him in this spot, especially with the weapons he has around him. But I look at, I look at Burrow and I, I'm, I'm good looking at his talent. I'm just good with putting him in that sixth spot. So then I would go him, go Stafford. And again, it's, we're getting to a tricky area here where everyone's going to have different opinions. It's like, I, I do think Stafford's a really good quarterback. Just on the talent level, like these other guys above him, I just think Joe has more talent. I just think Herbert has more talent. So that's one of those where it's like, no disrespect to Stafford, but the man had a Cooper Cup. Like, I think as great as Stafford is, I, I do think Cooper Cup has really uh, uh, elevated that whole um, playing style. And as we get to the back end here, honestly, Chad, I was looking through it. I, I don't I don't really know how to fill it out. Like, I, I wanted to throw Russell Wilson there, but I don't really know where Russell Wilson is going to be on this new team. And um, 
wanting to put Deshaun Watson in there. I don't know what he's going to be on a new team after sitting for an entire season. So uh, it was actually way tougher. Than I thought it was going to be to make this top 10. But if I'm forced to put in, I'd put those two guys in. And, you know, my, my last spot, I, I don't know. I know there's going to be someone I'm missing that I, I didn't think of. But to me, just looking on paper, as much crap as I love to give them, I do think Kyler Murray is a top 10 talent. So that's where I ended up for my last quarterback I put in there was Kyler Murray. God, it's so funny. I made my list of the top 10 quarterbacks I trust the most, right, with my money. And the same thing happened. I got to nine and I could not find a 10th. And I went back and forth on Kyler Murray because look, he was amazing last year when he had his full complement of receivers, right? And as soon as DeAndre Hopkins goes down, he sort of becomes pretty mortal. And he becomes mortal when they get into November and it's Cliff Kingsbury. And he's a coach who doesn't know how to coach once it turns cold, even though they're playing in the warmth of Arizona. Like you get to November, as Matt Mitchell has said often, and Cliff Kingsbury kind of turns into a pumpkin. So it's so interesting that you say you couldn't get to 10 and he was sort of the throw in 10th. I felt the exact same way. I will tell you, I had Allen one. I had Mahomes two. I had Deshaun Watson three. Wow. Because I think a year away makes us forget how good this guy is, how often he carried not very good Texans teams, not just into the playoffs, but had them in games late. Like it's so many visuals I have of Deshaun Watson blowing up someone's bet because he was able to make plays in the final few minutes of a game that really no one had any business making and make throws that no one had any business making. And so I had Deshaun Watson really, really high. I, look, he's going to have the weapons he needs in Cleveland just by virtue of the fact they've got a better defense than he ever had in Houston and a better running game than he ever had in Houston. So to me, you know, again, we can debate sort of the moralistic elements of having Deshaun Watson on your team, but if he's on the team, I'm going to judge him. And for me, he's a guy that I trust in my money. He just is. You're shaking your head. You feel like I'm convincing you that he should be higher than where you had him. I think I haven't properly rated just because there's a lot of question marks around him. Again, we're about to see him without Hopkins as well, which we just touched about how great he is. It's the same reason I don't have Lamar on this list. It's like, I love Lamar. I love Lamar's potential, but do I trust Lamar to bet on? And especially coming off what he's just dealt with this past year of all these injuries. It's like, that's my pause. That's what, that was my pause with Watson. It's like, I know the talent. I know incredibly is, but we talk all the, all the time. Football is more than 60% mental. Again, it's, it's that important to have the right mental ability to be playing this game. Like you have to have a clear conscious, a clear mind. So that's my biggest pause with Deshaun. I also had Russell Wilson rated higher than Aaron Rodgers. We talk about putting together this list and trying to get to 10. Aaron Rodgers was a very late ad for me. I don't think he's a guy that with that without Devontae Adams, he is someone that like, I want to be trusting. I feel like he fades too often in big games. And there's too many times where it, when it's easy for him, he plays exactly as you'd expect him to play. When it's a little bit harder, there's moments where he's not the guy that you need him to be. Russell Wilson, to me, is always the guy that you need him to be. I think this past year was an anomaly. 
And there's too many times over the years where he has been in a spot to get me a cover or to blow up a cover that he's done exactly what he's supposed to do. And he's going to be, he's going to have great receivers, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, like that team, great running backs. He's much higher for me than Aaron Rodgers. That's, that's a personal thing, Chad. You never make gambling personal. You're, you're bad mouthing the back-to-back MVP. I can't let you sit here and slander the man. You're out of your mind. It's, I think it's more personal than anything else because you've had to have won money on him. He's one of the few quarterbacks other than Brady where him as a favorite, even when the public's all over it, I will still back Rodgers if it's the right matchup. So, again, I'm going to make adjustments this upcoming season because he did lose his safety outlet in Devontae Adams. But, no, there's no way you can have him below Russell Wilson, Jack. Come on now. I do. I have him below Russell Wilson. <laughs> I just do. It's not it. It's a little bit of a personal thing, like, I, I, but not because not because it's a Packers thing versus a Bears thing. No, I just feel like I've seen too many times where Russell Wilson has performed up to his full capabilities in the highest pressure moments and where Aaron Rodgers has kind of cratered. We've just seen it. Forget about him being a two time MVP. You know, in those moments, he's built incredible numbers. But there's still been a lot of moments in the highest profile spots where he hasn't performed at the same level as Russell Wilson has performed. That's all there is to it. Agree with you on Burrow. Agree with you on Stafford. Agree with you on Herbert. Obviously, Brady is up there. Um, uh, But it's amazing that we couldn't come up. We couldn't come up with the 10. What do you think? What are the I know the qualities I'm thinking about. What are the qualities that you're thinking about when you make this list? Um, honestly, it's the, it's the quarterbacks like at the top are the guys that if they throw a pick six, I'm not worried about my bet where as we got lower and lower, that's what I kept thinking about which quarterback would throw a pick six. And I'm like, all right, that's a dead bet. Like that, that, that bet's done. So like I mean, I thought Josh Allen, I've seen it. This kid, he gets down. He just does not care. And that's like, I love that's what, again, all of us, we want that on our team. Like that's the dream of getting a quarterback that's like that. Him, Joe Burrow, Mahomes, these young guys who are now, you know, in our top six, top three quarterbacks, that's what they all have. So that's, again, that's something I really value of guys can throw picks, have stupid turnovers, and then drive the field and have a touchdown. Like, that's what we want, that, that kind of mentality. So to me, that's the biggest thing I look for with these quarterbacks. Then how is Aaron Rodgers on this list? He only throws like four picks a year. <laughs> I mean, Yeah, but if any of them are pick six, he's out of that game. Mentally gone from that game. I only can think of one on top of my head, and that was the week one against uh, the Saints. Like, he literally threw that pick six, and he was just like, all right, this game's gone. So two that's seasons fair. Ago, two seasons ago against the Bucks. Yeah. Same thing. Tampa. Yep. So that's fair. But at the same time, I think both years, he was like 10 and five against the spread and 10 and, 10 and four against the spread. It's funny that you mentioned the pick six, though, because I, I think I'm thinking about something similar, which isn't necessarily it's a pick six. It's who's the guy that I want to have the ball in their hands the least if I've bet against them. Yeah. Right. I don't want Josh Allen to have the ball. I don't want Patrick Mahomes to have the ball. I don't want Joe Burrow. I don't want Russell Wilson. I don't want Tom Brady. Like I don't want Deshaun Watson. To me, there's a very clear difference between sort of the top five and the rest. Like for yeah. me, Allen, Mahomes, Deshaun, Brady, Russell Wilson. That to me is like top five. And then the rest can be interchangeable. I am shocked how much respect you're giving Russell Wilson. This man is literally not to shit on him. He's done basically nothing his entire career. Like 
this guy won a Super Bowl with one of the greatest defenses ever in the Legion of Boom, and then threw a pick a pick to end his chance of winning his own Super Bowl, where everyone would give him his respect. And he just ran a 10 and 6, 12 and 4 every other year team in Seattle, and he would choke in the playoffs. So I think you're overlooking a lot of Russell Wilson's shortcomings. You're you're just a nice guy, Chad. To me, Russell Wilson, he he's choked away what a what a career to me should have been way better than what it ended up being. Like they just they never recovered from him throwing that pick to Malcolm Butler. That team has just exploded every season ever since then. I guess I could argue that I could put Joe Burrow in there instead of Russell Wilson. I still would have put Aaron Rodgers in there. <laughs> You're cold. You're ice cold, man. You're cold blooded. That's just my take. But that's that's sort of how I think about it. Who am I going to be afraid of yeah. most when we sort of get to that, when it gets to the final moments of the game? And we'll ask, we'll ask Kyle Heard this too. But which QBs could you never see getting on your top 10 list? Oh, man. So I, I guess when we do, we're doing this, you kind of have to go with like the new blood because – we've seen it. This it's a quarterback carousel. It's like you got three, four years to figure it out. And then you're kind of out unless your name's Daniel Jones. So, I mean, that's one easy one right there. Daniel Jones, this man will never, will never be what the New York giants keep thinking he's going to be. So that that's an easy one right there of a guy that he'll never be able to make my top 10. And like the Sam Darnold's of the world, again, Baker Mayfield's of the world. These guys, that's like, they have little moments of flash but we all know, like when we watched Herbert that first season, you'd see him throw off balance or right? just have these incredible throws. You kind of know. So th- those are the ones that really stay out to me. And the guys that I would say are like the in-betweeners of some years they bump up to it and now they've fallen out of it. It's like Matt Ryan, like Matt Ryan's past that age of I don't I can never see him getting back into my top 10. Even if he had a great year with the Colts, I'll think of ways to be like, you know what? They had a great offensive line. They had Jonathan Taylor. Is Matt Ryan really a top 10 quarterback? No. So those are the kind of things I'm looking at where it's like these young guys, I just can't see making it in that like they've already had their opportunity. They've kind of blown it. And old veteran quarterbacks that are just mid-tier, below mid-tier kind of quarterbacks. So to me, those are the ones that would never make it into mine. So here's my, my other question for you. Of these three quarterbacks, who do you think in the next two to three years is most likely to leap onto this list? Lamar Jackson, Matt Jones, Justin Fields. Lamar, 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 Lamar. I, I think Lamar is a top 10 quarterback. I just, for betting, I don't trust him because he has choked two different times now in the playoffs. And I just don't like all the drama with him right now. But if you're just giving me those three options, I, again, Mac Jones, he, he might have some potential. I just don't think his ceiling's high enough to ever make my top 10. He would have to be like Tom Brady, this like, guy that didn't have the talent but he is just the clutchest quarterback we've ever seen which it's we haven't seen it yet with Mac we kind of saw him flame out towards the end of the season Justin Fields same thing I need more time to watch him that's why like I wouldn't say Zach Wilson's a bust I wouldn't say Trevor Lawrence is because you know it is we just need more time it's all about scheme and coach as well but with Lamar Lamar's top 10 if he was healthy last year and had a healthy offense I probably would have had him in my top 10 this this upcoming season just because I've seen it with Lamar. He's the, arguably the greatest athlete we've ever seen play quarterback. So I'm still in his, he's still in his prime. So I would definitely take him as a betting man for the next three years just because my worries aren't about Lamar right now. It's about when he hits that 31, 32, when he can't be just be scrambling, taking hits. He's got to stand there and throw it. So that, that's when I'll start worrying about Lamar. 
It's time to play ball, and right now all customers can swing for the fences with a no-sweat, same-game parlay on FanDuel Sportsbook. Just pick any MLB game and combine at least three bets into one big bet for bigger payouts. Personally, tonight I'm looking at the Astros, the over, and Atani strikeouts under. And if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will refund you up to $10 in free bets. There's no better place to bet America's pastime than on America's number one sportsbook. I love betting with FanDuel because of parlay insurance and their great promos every day and their app that's safe and secure. And when I win, I get paid out fast. So head over to your FanDuel account or download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code favorites to bet your no sweat same game parlay today. Must be 21 and over and present in select states only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund, $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, or Virginia. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. The Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. As promised, we are bringing in our boss at the Volume Podcast Network. Hello, Colin. Hello, Mr. Boss of the Volume Podcast Network. Thanks for coming uh, on The Favorites. That's not really true. I don't view myself as that. I'm a content guy. I don't like to be a boss. I'm not a boss. That's not my, that's not my DNA. Dude, you're a content guy who started a freaking company. You got to own it. Literally you own it, own it. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm going to be generationally wealthy, but that, (laughs) that does not qualify me to be a boss. By the way, gonna be. Come on, whatever. Let's move on. Listen, Simon and I were having a debate uh, before you came on. As you know, this is a betting podcast, the betting podcast that, you know, is the anchor of the betting coverage on the Volume Podcast Network. And we were talking about with all this movement going on in the NFL, that's the straw that stirs the drink and coverage generally. The 10 quarterbacks that you are most comfortable investing your money in. He gave me his 10. I gave 10. Give me your 10. Well, I look at it differently. The 10 quarterbacks I would wager with, one of them is against Kirk Cousins on standalone games. Seriously, I bet against Kirk Cousins in standalone games. I bet for Kirk Cousins at Lambeau. I love Justin Herbert. I bet against him all last year because I don't necessarily trust a rookie defensive coach. So when I look at quarterbacks, I usually take Dak against Giants, Washington, or Philly, because he really performs well in division when he's comfortable with teams he knows. This morning, if you said bet a quarterback, Josh Allen would be my number one bet. I've said, I I feel like he was Mike Tyson. He has a Mike Tyson quality where he had jagged edges. Like with Ollie in his prime, you kind of knew the fight you got. You know, Mike is biting ears off. Mike is Buster Douglas. Mike had these wild, jagged edges, but at his best, he was the best. 
I think Josh Allen's the most talented quarterback in football, not Patrick Mahomes, but his edges have been jagged. I thought this year, take out the Nor'easter game, maybe a Jags game, I thought he softened his edges. So I kind of feel like I know what he's getting. I think he's probably my favorite bet. Uh, I still think Brady in big games is a great bet. Um, I've been a little out on Aaron Rodgers. Now, you have the numbers against the spread, I'm sure. You know, my takeaway on Aaron, I, I wish I could bet it after the third series. If you want to do live betting, I would always bet against Aaron if he trails at half. I've never thought he's a foxhole guy. I always call him the great Baylor, a lousy baller. The minute he throws a second pick, he quits. Because, you know, my theory with Aaron has always been he'll never have the trophies of Brady, a contemporary, or the stats of Breeze and Peyton contemporaries. He desperately wants to be the highest paid and win the passer rating. That's what he clings to. So if he gets off to a bad start, he's out. He's got, remember that Tampa game two years ago? A second pick, Wendy, I'm out. Listen to me. I'm with you. I have him... Of the 10 quarterbacks that I would bet on, I have him eighth. Simon has him like third. And Simon said to me, why do you say that? And I pointed to the Tampa game. I pointed to a game earlier this year where he threw a pick six. Like, I think the guy is about vanity. I'm not going to bet on a guy who's about vanity. And I agree with you 100% on the live betting. I love to bet Aaron Rodgers live once I know where his head is at in the game and how he's being played. Yeah, no, it's, I'll tell you a guy and it's easy to jump on this now. Um, I'm kind of a burrow better. I kind of feel, I feel with Joe, I get a consistency, not only a consistency of excellence, but a consistency of mistakes. He throws picks. He's daring. I kind of know heads always in the game. Foxhole guy doesn't care about stats. He's very much Andrew Luck. I'm in it to win it. My legacy is not built on anything other than winning games. I think Aaron's gotten to a point now where money, stature, how he's viewed, and the passer rating has made him a very safe quarterback when he faces duress, a pass rush, trailing. And I've been on this now for years and years. He, remember, you know, it's like everybody says, well, you know, Lafleur has really elevated him. I would say it's interesting. The division's worse. Lafleur's 13 and three against the division. When McCarthy was there, the Bears went to a Super Bowl. Stafford had Jim Caldwell. He's now out of the division. And Minnesota had like a four year peak run. Lafleur's not winning more. He's winning more in the division. He hasn't solved anything with Aaron. He's simply padding stats in the division. His out of division stats, Tampa twice. How'd he do? San Francisco, still not beating him. So, uh, you know, this, this, I, this, there's this narrative that, oh, Lafleur has unlocked the uh, King Tut. There's a secret in the tomb, and he's unlocked it. It's like, no, the division's shittier. And he's padding stats against the Lions, the Bears, and the messy Vikings. Simon, Colin just hit on something very key about Joe Burrow which explains why you liked him so much. And when you and I talked earlier about the one trait that we look for in a quarterback, when we're thinking about this concept, he nailed what you were talking about with Joe Burrow explain. 
Yeah, my whole idea that I just love quarterbacks that can throw the pick, make the big mistake, and then literally drive the field when they get the ball back and score a touchdown. Yep. So what you touch on with Joe Burrow is my exact feeling why I put him in my top five, top six. But my Aaron Rodgers point was, I know what I'm getting with Aaron. Like, you just broke it down perfectly, Con, where I love to ride him during the season as a favorite, and then I fade him for big money in the playoffs. And I've been being paid nonstop these last couple of years. NFC yeah. Championship game at home, Rodgers' big favorite. We talked last year on the podcast with the 49ers. We just love the dog in that position every time. And we took the, the money line. So I'm right there with you. I, I'm more looking at with Rodgers. I just have a good read on him at this point in his career. I know he'll do good in the regular season. Like you talked about, Pat, his stats. But I know when the big moment comes, he's just choked every single time. Yeah. Colin, I want to throw a wild card at you. I had this guy rated third for me behind Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Deshaun. Watson. I would bet on this guy all the time. I feel like anytime he was playing with the Texans, they were in the game. And when I'm thinking about my one trade, like how much do I want this guy to have the ball at the end of the game? I want this guy to have the ball at the end of the game. I feel like every single time he'll have the ball, I'm in contention to win a bet. Well, He's a hard judge for me because I think he had to overcome such personnel deficiencies. Yeah. And the offensive line was so bad and the running game was so spotty. So he's a, he's a hard, it, it's hard to, he doesn't really have a comp for me. I don't throw, I don't think he throws a beautiful ball. Um, I never did. I thought he was kind of a B plus prospect out of Clemson. I, I, my scouting guys were like, he just, he skips ball. I mean, he like, he misses easy throws. He's got kind of an inconsistent windup. So, you know, a guy that's a little underrated for me is Derek Carr is, you know, I always judge people like when the fit hits the shan. Like when things go sideways in life, what kind of parent are you? I mean, we're all great when your kid hits the home run. What if he gets called out in a bad third strike? How do the parents react? Derek Carr has literally had the poorest owner, uh, the worst head coaching situation, uh, below average suboptimal general manager, mostly bad O-lines and chaos. And his franchise moved. You start looking at his numbers the last three and four years. If you do a blind resume, you kind of know what you get every Sunday. You kind of do. And, you know, I make this argument. If not for his throw to Hunter Renfro and Indy, Carson Wentz is still there. That effectively ended Carson Wentz. Um, I'm more impressed with people that overcome. That's my knock on Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't really overcome. Again, he is the best lead horse in the history of the league. Brady's overcome Julian Edelman being his top receiver for three Super Bowls. Like that, he's a two and some would argue a three. Like, I want to see Aaron now where his best receiver is Alan Lazard. That's overcoming. Now, I do think they'll be in the race to get Devontae Parker. I, I think that's a good landing spot and he's available now. But I think I've always thought Derek Carr has been the life preserver of a sinking ship for about seven years. And I kind of know what I get every Sunday with him. Simon, you were all over Derek Carr last season. You loved him when the season began. And yet, and yet he didn't make our top 10. Neither of us had him in the top 10. 
I would say it kind of touched on what Colin talked about, where he's just been misled all these past couple of years, and I've just been burned by him. So with Derek Carr, I love love backing him at home. I really do think he's had a huge advantage yeah. at home. He always plays better at home. Yeah. And then he'll just go on the road and lay duds. And we saw it in that Bengals playoff game where they literally gave him the ball, said drive the field and make your legacy here, and he couldn't do it against the Bengals in the playoffs. So that's that's one of those I, – I do like Derek, but he's just not in my top ten. But I love where Colin's head's at. It's like – this guy in a year in, you know, you're in, you're out proves why he's a worthy quarterback. Yeah. I mean, if you look today, if I said to you quarterback, top running back, corner, slot receiver, sideline receiver, Raiders maybe in the top three in the league. I mean, Hunter Renfro's probably the best slot. Devontae's top two sideline receiver. Darren Waller after Kelsey's my favorite. Josh Jacobs rock. So, I mean, listen, Raiders center, right guard, right tackle are bad. They're bad. And Josh J. Colton Miller's pretty good at left tackle, but they're, I mean, they're Josh Jacobs is a real running back. Um, you know, Eric Mangini loved them last year. He's like, I think they're going to make the playoffs. And we were all like, you're out of your mind. They are, they had an unbelievable free agency period. That's the best the Raiders have had maybe in my life. I thought they were fantastic the league's becoming a weapons pass rush league quarterback weapons pass rush green bay lost their weapons dallas lost their pass rush i thought the raiders got three wins better in the last two weeks i really do you know you're such a big deal i forget what a sports fan you are because who the hell can name that the Raiders right guard, right tackle and center are terrible and then go deep on their offensive line depth. <laughs> Why do you have that in your back pocket right now? Cause I love the league. I, I mean, love that's... now, now I can't name the infield for the twins. I couldn't tell you anybody in the pirates bullpen. I have my holes. You could give me 10 minutes on the 1970s Cincinnati Reds big red machine like you did oh, the God. other day on the radio. Oh, you heard that? Oh, yeah, I heard that. I'm like, I can't believe right now he is doing 10 minutes in the middle of the day on number three hitters and the value of number three hitters. And it's not even about like baseball. I forget you were talking about number three hitters in relation to some other sport, but then you went into a tangent on Joe Morgan being the key to those 1970s Reds teams. He was. Yeah, I know. But here was my question when I was listening to this, because I know, I know how much you think about the structure of your shows and I know how much planning you put into the shows and I know how in-depth your pre-show meetings go. Was that Reds topic on sort of your tree nope. of was that no. just off the top of your head yeah i'll give you another one the 76 pirates 77 pirates willie stargell at first rennie stennett at second frank Tavares at short bill madlock at third uh dave parker in right field kent de on the mound bullpen was hit and miss manny sanguian behind the plate and i don't have any idea who is in left field i'm pretty good with 70s baseball 70s people, well, listen, this week in baseball, Twib notes, like for guys like us, those are the baseball glory days. That's why we, it's why we gave up on baseball because it doesn't, yeah. we're not getting those Saturday afternoon games from Candlestick between the Dodgers and the Giants on NBC. It just isn't that kind of sport anymore. 
No, there's too, it's been diluted. There's too many games on. Like in the offseason for baseball, we're not talking about who are the top 10 pitchers we're most likely to bet on ever. Well, I tell people this. I'm in the omelet business, not the egg business. It's not my job to make the omelet. You give me a good omelet, I'll put it in the menu. College basketball and baseball, too many games, too transitional, too many games on TV, too diluted, no urgency, few stars. It's off the menu. NFL, college football, NBA, big fights, and like a great big golf tournament with Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka. That's my show. Baseball playoffs occasionally. You, you got to, I'm in the egg business, not the omelet business. I'm not making omelets. Is your omelet good? I'll put it on the menu. Uh, a good egg. I think we can all agree. How's this for a transition? Just had one five minutes ago. A good egg. Russell Wilson. He's a good egg. I know you and Ciara, you're tight. You guys yep. convene at yep. parties and hang out together. He was very high on my list. Simon, very down on Russell Wilson. Well, again, he's a hard comp over the last three years because Seattle's just think about this. So Seattle's defense has gotten progressively worse. So he's now playing from behind a lot with no running game. And DK Metcalf to me is more two than a one and an antiquated offense that's had multiple coordinators and a bottom five Oh line. So there's been such deterioration around him and he now plays from behind quite regularly. It's a different comp than in his first five years when he played with a league, played with a lead, had Marshawn Lynch was throwing on third and two. He now throws on third and eight as much as anybody in the league. So it's not that I don't trust him. I've been very critical of John Snyder and Pete Carroll. He's throwing from different perspectives. He's throwing trailing on third and long. First five years of his career with Marshawn Lynch, he's throwing with a lead on third and two. Those passing lanes are wide open, but they have missed on so many drafts. I mean, you have to go back to seven years before they had a good draft. They had six, they've had six straight bad drafts. They've missed on first round picks, LJ Collier, Rashad Penny. They've missed badly. In the last three years, on a non-playoff team this year, right, they have three starters from the draft. That's with twice having a first-round pick. In the last three years, on a Super Bowl-winning roster, the Rams, Les Snead has found eight starters with no first-round picks. That's the difference. The Rams have an elite scouting department and supplement their stars with really good picks. Seattle has three starters in three years of the draft on a bad roster. So that's Russell Wilson's reality. Russell looks at it and goes, yeah, I'm on, it's third and nine. I'm running for my life, not third and two with Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch. The minute they traded Max Unger for Jimmy Graham, everything changed. They went from a physical elite center to a basketball player at tight end. They have never protected him since. And he's never quite had the same support. All right. Last question. Simon and I very clearly had one trait that we looked for in the quarterback that we wanted to bet on. Simon, name yours. I'll name mine. Colin, you give us yours. Oh, yeah. A big thing I look for is just the guy that if he throws a pick six, 
is he going to be able to drive the field when he gets the ball back and score a touchdown? To me, that's there's maybe five, six, seven guys that can do that completely in the NFL. So to me, that's the, the key thing I look for when I'm betting big money on these guys. So for me, the single quality I'm looking for when it comes to trusting a quarterback, essentially with my money, who do I not want to bet against at the end of the game? So what is your single quality when it comes to trusting a quarterback? Quarterbacks and presidents, emotional discipline, the ability to fall on the sword after a loss, uh, hand out credit after a win to others, uh, the ability sometimes to not win a press conference. Russell Wilson throws an interception to Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl. Watch his reaction. You, you don't know what he did. I see Aaron Rodgers. I see moods. I see eye rolls. I see finger pointing. That's a lack of emotional discipline. He knows the camera's on him. Can you control yourself? I'm not saying you can't have fist pumps. That's why Trump was such a shitty president. He had no emotional discipline. I mean, all of us have bad thoughts. Don't rush to Twitter to weaponize it. We all have bad thoughts. We all have angry thoughts. Control yourself. Joe Biden, for all his issues, cognitively, he's not rushing to Twitter when he's pissed off because his dog crapped in the next to the lamp. You know, like we all have bad days. There's every moment of my day that you're like, ah, oh, God, you know, rush to Twitter. And the same with the quarterback. I mean, how often he asked a dumb question at a press conference, you're ticked off at a coordinator, you're in a meeting room, a rookie says something stupid. Do you have the discipline to just go, all right, next play. It's a real Alan, quality. You say you don't want to be a boss, and yet you're extolling the virtues of what it's like to be a boss. There you go. We've come yeah, full circle. I don't have these qualities. We've I, come I admire full circle. them in others. We've By come full circle. This has been the favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. Download the podcast from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, five stars only, but say whatever you want. Feedback is a gift. Until next time, for Colin Cowherd, our boss at The Volume, for Simon Hunter, for producer extraordinaire Matt Mitchell, I'm Chad Millman. Love you. Bye.